Reset. Hola a todos, bienvenidos una vez más a Reset. Muchas gracias por acompañarnos. Yo soy Igor, su anfitrión, y quiero hacerles una disculpa porque el capítulo de hoy está en inglés. Será en inglés. Es un poco snob, un poco mamón. ¿no? Hacer un capítulo en un idioma y luego en otro, yo lo sé. Pero era la única manera de tener al invitado que tenemos hoy. Espero puedan acompañarnos y si no es así, nos escuchamos la próxima semana. Vámonos. Yeah, we're live. We're live. Thank you, Mr. Hagbind. Kalsa G. Thank you for being here in Reset. And thanks to all of you for listening and joining us. My name is Igor or Igor. Depends who you ask. We are doing another long distance call today. This time is in English. I've done a few chapters in English before. It is a little bit snobby to do one chapter in one language and another chapter in another language. I know. Sorry for that. Welcome, Hargobind. Pleasure to be here with you, Igor. Uh, I uh, always, always an honor to hang with you and chat with you. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time. Thanks for for being here. I want to make a little of introduction. We went to the same boarding school when we were teenagers, but we didn't met there. You graduated one year before I went there, so we actually met many years later. And I worked with you in two occasions in yoga retreat centers. I think that's my like general approach, but I would like you to do an introduction for yourself. Tell us what do you do and what is your area of expertise? Uh, so I'm a yoga teacher by, by trade. Uh, I teach um, I teach mostly Bikram, like mostly hot yoga, uh, but I, I grew up practicing Kundalini yoga. Uh, I've had some really just positive benefits from the Ashtanga yoga system. I, I took my friend Jared's vinyasa training Um, and I, I, I incorporate a lot of what, what he taught me in, in the Minyasa program. Um, I also, uh, I've been, I've been training with, um, actually, uh, a hand balancer from Cirque du Soleil and, um, his, he's actually from Mexico and his name is Nicolas Montes. And that, that's been really, really fun, uh, for me recently. And then, uh, I teach some meditation and I, I really like the, the Wim Hof, uh, cold exposure, ice bath stuff. And, um, and then I, I've been writing a book actually on, on a process that I follow, uh, which is a journaling process that I call Dharmafy. What do you mean? This book you're saying, uh, you said you're doing it on a journalist experience, something like that. So it's actually, no, it's like journaling. Like I, I write, mm. I, I have a series of, um, I have seven components to it. And every day I follow this little journaling process. And it's, it's really for personal development and self-reflection. It's also for goal setting or, and it's also for contentment and really tuning into what's most important and then crafting each day of our lives based on the things that are most important. So mm -hmm. uh, most of it comes actually uh, from the yoga practice, um, but I, I really, I, I started using it with uh, my different entrepreneurial ventures. And the other thing that I do is uh, I, I, I've developed two yoga retreat centers, which uh, you, you're, you're my brother and uh, you were early in on and, and, and helped me with the really both of them. Um, 
but um, so I have two yoga retreat centers and one is called Casa Om and that's in Puerto Morelos in Mexico. And then the other one is called Casa Om Potomac and that's in West Virginia, about 60 miles west of Washington DC. So I have a little bit of construction experience, uh, a little bit of hospitality experience. Uh, I work in the kitchen, sometimes I'm the chef. Uh, so I've been uh, upping my cooking, my cooking experience. And uh, most recently, I became a uh, class one homeowner uh, septic installer. <laughs> so that's your present. And as we can see, uh, you are very dynamic and also very adaptable. Uh, you do a lot of stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about your origin? Where do you come from and how do you, do you end up where you are right now? We'll come back to your activities of the present, but I would like to hear a little bit of your of your path. It's a good story, and it's actually in the book also. So um, it's it's a good. I mean, it's a good story. So one side of my family is Jewish, and the other side of my family is Irish Catholics. And then my parents they uh, converted to Sikhism, and uh, they were students of Yogi Bhajan, and they raised me Sikh. And I grew up in the glamorous town of Herndon, Virginia. <laughs> and then when I was about 12, I, uh, I, went to, I moved to India and I went to boarding school for about five years in, in India. And then I moved back to the States with a couple stops in some other countries. And, um, and, and now uh, I kind of spend my time between West Virginia and, uh, and Mexico. Um, So you grew up in a in a community that was already like outside of the of the mainstream. Yes. Uh, correct. No, you you are always been a bit, little bit of an outsider. Yes. Do you still identify with that identity as an outsider? I mean, it's a tough question. Yes and no. I I I, I think I've done a lot of work. Uh, To, to try to get really comfortable in my own skin and, and really just kind of comfortable with where I'm from and then just extremely focused on, on where I'm going. And, and really, I, I use the Dharmify as really my guide uh, of, of how I'm living, what I'm doing, and, and what, what my intentions are. So um, we were definitely raised outside the mainstream. Um, both in really great ways and then in really, you know, pretty tragic ways. Um, so uh, the, um, but at this point, I, I just genuinely believe most people, when you open up the insides of them, have that, you know, loner feeling or we all go through stages in our lives where we feel like we're different or we were, you know, Uh, outside of the norm. And so I, I almost think that the people that are outside of the norm are actually the majority. And, and very few of us kind of make it through life with a, with a perfect, uh, you know, with a perfect experience. Um, so so I, I think the answer to your question is yes and no. Um, mm. I find I, I can relate. I can relate in a lot of ways with a lot of people. Um, and that to me is kind of blessing. It's almost like if the fact of being raised 
as an outsider made you more aware of everything you share with everybody else? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, and I'll just give you one example. So I've never cut my hair. Like that's a Sikh tradition. And it's one that I always related to. But really up until I was about 12 years old or even 11 years old, people thought I was a girl, called me a girl, you know, discriminated against me for being a girl. The guys used to whistle at me when I'd go, you know, to the pool, people would kick me out of bathrooms. And, and so, you know, now with this whole transgender, you know, rights that are coming up on a lot of levels, I have just so much um, compassion to, to, to the situation that, that transgender people are in. Um, and obviously I, I never identified as a girl, so I, I don't know what that's like, but, but I, I, I think it's, you know, sexual identity and, and being mistaken for the one that you have and what everyone else says you are. Um, you know, I just have a lot of compassion for it because, because of those, you know, pretty traumatic experiences when I was, when I was a little boy. Um, so, so I think there's always just, you know, things happen and then how you use them is is really the difference between uh you know your own personal growth and uh, or you know just 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 your pain um hmm. and then you work with um with I, I wouldn't say therapy but you you do help no what you do is meant to help others to work with others so you're also i i've i've guessed i guess that you have You've learned how to be empathic by your work, no? Because you, somebody else could go through the same experiences and don't get those same lessons. We all are processing the world in our own unique ways, you know? Uh, I, probably in some ways I'm very callous. <laughs> What is that? What does that mean? Like very, um, very rough and unsophisticated and, mm -hmm. and underdeveloped. And then in other ways, I, I, I think I've had very unique experiences and, and, and I really try to reflect on them and learn from them. And, and ultimately, I, I think I'm, uh, I, I consider myself an entrepreneur and I consider myself a business developer. And I'm just trying to use my experiences to, to make a better life for, for me and my friends and, and my family. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur or business person more than a yoga teacher? They're hand in hand, man. I mean, to make it simple, I, I, I don't think you can be good at your business if you're not good at your product. And I, I don't think you can be good at your product if you're not building the structure to, to keep educating yourself on the product. So I, I think the product and, and the process go, go hand in hand. So I, I, I've tried and often failed you know, to, to build my businesses with, with certain values that, that I've learned from the yoga practice. And, 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 and I've tried, you know, I, I've tried to improve, you know, my spiritual life and culture by, by implementing some discipline that I learned and structure that I learned in business. So uh, I'm all confused, bro. <laughs> So let's let's keep talking about your your path and your origin, and we'll we'll get to your present a little bit by little by little. You went back to the states after your high school 
I on the other side of the world. And we could talk for hours about that high school experience, probably, because uh, it was a pretty unique thing. And you also were there during a very rough years. Uh, but let's focus more on your own story. What happened when you came back? What did you do? What's the first thing you did when you came back of India from India? So it's hard to separate because um, I would come back for the summer. So I didn't do five years straight just to give it some context. So I'd come back to the United States for, for two, three months in the summer. And so I wasn't totally an alien when I came back. It, it wasn't that, but I mean, you got to mix it in. You have to put it into context of like a boy turning 17, turning 18 is now trying to navigate going to college. Um, you know, I, I was peculiar because I started a business in India. And so honestly, what one of the hardest things for me was, was not having a job. And I, I started a business in India of like just buying and selling like Coca-Cola and ice cream and biscuits and pastries. And I really got to know Amritsar through being a little shopkeeper. And, mm. and that was just such a great experience for me of, you know, where in America I was a kid, but in, in India, I, I was allowed to be someone. And, <laughs> and so when I came back to America, I was a kid again. And I, so then I go, I go to college and all of these kids are the, getting their first taste of freedom. And I had already been free for five years doing my own thing. Like my parents weren't telling me what to do. I, you know, I was out there, you know, hustling in the streets, man. And, and, and so I came back to America and I had no job. And I, I was like trying to figure out like, how to make money and who, what I was going to do. And I, I, I was, I've always been ambitious. And, and so, but to go back into that kind of suburban lifestyle, you know, where you just don't have any, there's just, I don't know. It, it was just so boring to me. Um, and at the same time, you're going into college, you know, you have all, all the, you know, all the girls stuff. You've got, you know, you know, I was already kind of over drugs and alcohol. You know, I, I had already had my fun, you know, in India with that. And, and so by the time I was at college, it, it was just a super peculiar experience, um, you know, trying to become American again. Um, so, so yeah, it was weird. It was weird. So you went to college. What did you study? Uh, I have actually a degree in international relations with uh, like a couple, like I think a minor in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how your Spanish started to come. Then you you lived in Mexico, but you lived in Querétaro, I think, later, no? Yeah. Um, so uh, my mother actually she passed away, and that was that was sad. She had breast cancer. That happened oh. in my last how year of school. How old were you? I was 21. Mm -hmm. um, and we were tight, you know, like we were, you know, we had been through our stuff, you know, in my teens, but, but we were really, really tight by the time she died. And so she died. And then I just kind of bought a one way ticket to Mexico city. And then I, I went up to Querétaro. I finished up my last schooling in Querétaro 
And then I just kind of wandered through Northern Mexico until, until I ran out of money. Uh, and then like, like did the mad scramble for the border. <laughs> you, 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 you went to Mexico, like to get away after she died, like to um, like just, change your, change your mind. Just to be reborn. You know, it's, it's, you know, burying your mother is, is, it's, it's brutal, man. It, it's, mm. you know, and, and honestly, I felt like we were so tight and she just left me with such a good, you know, such a good, I don't know, just such a, such a good life. Like she, she really did. Um, and so, you know, I was just, I was, you know, I was thinking I was 20, 21 at that time. And I just, I just thought Mexico would be cool, man. Like it would be cool to just go, go see the country. And, and it is cool. Mexico, Mexico's the best, man. I, I, I love it so much. When I when I go there, but I want to ask you first if you were at peace when you say goodbye to your mother, or if you felt probably I don't know if you felt that maybe the years you spent in India took you away from her for some time. How would how were you dealing with that at the time? You know, by the time I was so I went when I was twelve, and by the time I was twelve, I could not wait to get out of the house. I was just bouncing off the walls and, and it, it was like, just, you know, both my parents, they're great people. Like, but it was just at that time in my life, I just needed to get away from them. And, and so, you know, by the time I came back, I, I, I think I had just matured so much that I could kind of appreciate the people that they were for what they were. And, and I, I, I think I went through a lot of that with my mother and, um, and, and breast cancer, you know, breast cancer was like a gun to her head. And, and she, she just realized she had very little time left and, and really just full on committed to just being, a, being, being fearless and, and living her life the way she wanted to live it, you know, for the last little bit of time that she had. And, and, and that was just such a, inspiring example for me uh, of like don't be afraid man like death is coming for us all and and we better we better use the time that we got like like it's extremely valuable uh because it is and you know so so we were super tight like the doctor the doctor came came to me that last time because like I would like massage her feet every night and like she kind of like slowly lost consciousness over like about two weeks or you know I mean a month was pretty steady decline but then the last two weeks and um and the doctor was like it was like you know the best thing you could do for your mother is like just give her permission to go and 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 you know tell her that you know she 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 did it she did it well and, and so that's what I told her like that 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 was my last my last words to her was just like she did me so well you know she did such an awesome job and I and I loved her and if if she's got to go, you know, then, then, you know, then, then God bless her, man, you know, do your journey with no fear. And, and then she died the next day. Hmm. And you went away, you wanted to change your mind and you went to Mexico, which probably made sense because it's a hybrid between United States and India. Did you felt it like that? Mexico is really a high, that's a great way. I, I don't think I've ever said it. I've always said that Mexico reminds me of India. Um, 
but I, I, I think that's a great way of putting it that, that it, it's, it's a hybrid. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for a long time, Mexico felt so much more comfortable. India felt more comfortable. And, and in America, I was the alien. Um, I, I don't feel that way now. I, I, I think I've, I think I've really, you know, just found my way in America, but, but it definitely, it definitely took me, it took me a long time. It really took my, might as well be an alien, a real alien, a real foreign, uh, than supposed to be local in a place where you don't understand how things happen. No? That's exactly it. Cause you know, yeah. Um, Yeah, my mother, my mother's French, and she's been she's been in Mexico 45 years this year, and she always says people ask her if she doesn't want to go back to France, and she says, if I go back to France, I'm supposed to understand how things are, and I don't have any clue because I've been away for so long, but in Mexico everybody thinks I don't know how things work, and I totally understand, so it's a comfortable position. And and I think that's a great example of like why I would feel connected to someone like your mother, mm -hmm. you know, like where I might be the alien, but if you were to open up her life experience and my life experience, there's so much like the countries may be different. The languages were different, but, but those same feelings of, of feeling like an alien or a foreigner or that you don't belong, or you're not understanding what's going on underneath it, it is, is such a human It's just a universal human feeling. Um, and that was powerful for me when, when, when I realized that because it, it, it gave me so much connection to so many more people. Hmm. So you did international relation, a minor in Spanish, but you definitely didn't do that. You didn't went that way. I guess, I don't well, know. Actually, exactly. I passed the, foreign, the US Foreign Service exam. Oh, you did? I, I did. I, I considered becoming a foreign service officer, uh, and I passed the first. I passed the first uh, like two components of the exam, and then I just I never sat for the interview because I, I I really I really felt that the path I'm going that I'm on now would just have a more it, it would just be more I, I'd have a bigger impact and 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 going through the American. Uh, State Department, bureaucratic embassy uh, situation didn't. Really but you, but you didn't knew what you were, what your path was going to be at that time. You sim simply didn't felt it, right? I was already tuning in. I mean, I don't know. I I, I love I love international relations. I I I, I love. I mean, I I love. I mean, if, all the political philosophy. I, I, I love the. Um, I love reading about war and peace. I fundamentally try to understand why people fight and and why people kill each other, um, and that that is a body of knowledge that um, just fascinates me. I, I I backed away from it because uh, it's a really dark topic. It, it's it's just a really. Um, You know, it's a, it's a dark subject and I just didn't feel like I wanted to walk into the darkness. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the stomach for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had the stomach for it. I didn't have the desire for it. 
Yeah, I mean the stomach for it in a, as a quality, not as a defect, eh? as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it. I don't have it. I, I, I'm glad to hear your story and everybody's stories one on one, but then going into the darkness of the machine. Ooh. It's tough. Yeah. It, oh, yes. And God bless those guys who do, you know, you, like, I mean, you, you work with those persons now. That's the thing, no? Um, I get to work with, you know, the ones that I get to work with, I, I, I get to, I look at it like I have a job to do, you know, and my job is be of service and, and do my best to help people. And, and, and wherever they're from that, that's not my job. You know, my, my job isn't to judge them for whatever they do. My job is, is be the best healer that I can be given whatever tools that I have. And, and so uh, I encounter them some, but, but I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I'm low peon level, Igor, peon level. <laughs> All right. So what's the, how is the, what's the jump you do? Like you come back, you are lost in the States. I'm guessing, I don't know exactly what's the next step, but I'm guessing you end up opening an, a, a, your own business in the States. No. So I, I, I worked for, um, I worked for Starbucks as a barista. I worked as a pressure washer. I worked as a landscaper. I worked as a roofer. Um, I, I, I mean, it's hard to just start a business in the United States. Like I, I didn't have, I didn't have any uh, connections. I didn't have opportunity. I didn't have the market. I didn't get lucky. Um, so I just took odd jobs, um, you know, through college, before college, and even and even after college. And then, and then I went to work for Spirit Voyage and I worked in Spirit Voyage um, selling CDs. Can you, can you contextualize what is Spirit Voyage for people yeah. who don't know? So it's a record label and, and we produced the music of like Sonatum Car and Mirabai Seba and, um, and, and others, like mostly from the, from the Kundalini Yoga world. And um, I stayed there seven years and then we culted, we developed the, the idea for Satnam Fest, which was, which was the festival that, that we built. And um, yeah, I was in, I was in the music business for seven years and, and it was awesome. Um, I, I learned a ton. I started out, you know, selling CDs and packing boxes and, you know, doing accounting and, and really I, I, I got to learn the full ins and outs of an American business. And, uh, and I, I, I was really, I'm really grateful for, for that experience. You're not doing yoga at this point of your life. I, no, I've always done yoga really. Mm. I mean, I, I really started meditating pretty consistently since I was like 14. And then I started doing Kundalini yoga pretty regularly, uh, since I was 15, 15, 16. And then, and then I broke my back. So I had a compression fracture of my L2 and, and that's when I really got introduced to Hatha yoga and especially the Ashtanga, Vinyasa, and, and the Bikram stuff. And so I've always used the practices as a um, as tool. Mm, to heal yourself first. You got it, man. First and last, bro. How, how did you broke your back? I broke my back too. I, I, I was jumping off a building. It was like parkour. And uh, we say it was it was before parkour, so they just called me really really stupid. <laughs> exactly the same story for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I say parkour now because it sounds less stupid, <laughs> but to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so, I was just having fun. But you, you, you had a practice. You were not teaching at this time then. You had a practice, but it was for no. you. Yeah. So you do, you do this record label for seven years? Yeah. And then? Uh, and then I sold, I sold my, my share, my share of the record label. And, um, and then my wife and I, we opened a, a Bikram yoga studio and we did that about 2011. Then we, um, then we opened up Mexico, Casa Om. Then we took over another Bikram studio. Then we sold the two yoga studios. We rebranded them as pure Om, hot yoga. And then we sold those two. And then we uh, opened up Casa Om Potomac. And then my wife just went back and reopened one of those yoga studios. So we're back, we're back in the, or yeah, we're back in the yoga studio business, although she's, she's doing most of that work, which is, which is great. Um, and, uh, and then we run our two retreat centers now. I love how you rush through all these years of hard work as if nothing. Oh, it's nothing, bro. It's nothing. <laughs> oh yes. I've seen you. I've seen you. I've seen you suffer. Um, So you, you said something b before that uh, I think we could go back and it's, it's really coming to the present moment because you said something, you said, I'm always been ambitious. I'm, I'm, and you said it about your business in India. Uh, talk to me about that ambition. How do you identify it? How it's been your relation with that? What is your ambition? Has it changed with time? Um, you know, we... Our family went through some pretty hard times when I was young. Like it was just it it, it it was it was really challenging. And if I'm to psychoanalyze myself going back, I, I I think just those real feelings of powerlessness, of lack of economic opportunity. I, I genuinely felt like you know my my parents were not given the opportunities that they. Uh, really earned and kind of deserved because of the path that they had chosen and not to blame anyone for that, but, but that was my perception. And, and my real perception was that, you know, if I'm going to look the way I look, nobody's, nobody's going to give me a fair shot. And, and if I want to go do it, I better go do it. And, and, and that's really been a healthy mentality, I think for, for me, even though it's not really true, there's lots of people out there that, that would give me a shot, but certainly coming into my teens and, and, and coming into my early twenties, that was definitely the mentality that I had. And, and even now, you know, I got, I got something to prove, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I, I don't think it's unhealthy. I, I, I am what I am. And, and so I, I think I, I like people, I like new environments, I like challenges, I, I, I want to have a positive impact on the people around me. So, so I, I definitely have sort of cultivated a mindset um, that is growth oriented, both on a, on a personal level and, and on, a, on a professional level. But has it... Uh... Has it has at any any point in your life been a a problem? Do you ever have you ever like like how you say stumbled? You say not stumble, yeah, stumble all the time, bro. Yeah, I mean, even this project, you know, this project, you know, I could have been in Mexico kicking it. <laughs> Which project are you talking about? The the one in in Casa Home in Virginia? 
the yeah in West, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I really, you know, I really worked very hard for a long period of time to develop a property and get into a stable place. And then I turned and gambled it all and more like I went so far in on this project that it, it, it really blew up my life from a financial perspective. I mean, I, I really can't uh, overstate the, 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 the financial problems that I created for, by, for myself by, by, by reaching for a second project. Um, you know, it was, it was brutal, man, like brutal. Um, and, 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 and it just, you know, it put my whole life under so much pressure but but ultimately, I, I like my choice. Like I, I I think that the education I got, the humility that I learned, the beatdown that I took, the, the 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 pressure that like I put myself under and and really succeeded over. I, I think that's what makes the human. And. And so I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have any, yeah, it was painful and it, it was, it was really painful. And, and, and I, I, um, I think I'm better for it. So. Do you think you, you were talking about the product? How has this process benefited your product and what is your product? How you define your product? Um, I, I, I think that I'm selling health and wellness. I, I really think about, I, I'm trying to introduce people to habits that'll benefit their lives. You know, that includes meditation, yoga practice, calisthenics, arm balancing, uh, cold exposure, ice baths, body work, massage, community, you know, healthy eating, um, you know, just a chance to break bread with people, you know, like summer camp for adults and, and especially there's so much alienation in the world and there's so many people that have felt like I have felt where, where they don't have a place. And, and so for me to open up our properties and, and really cultivate this customer service attitude that we don't care where you're from. Like we don't care what color your skin is. We don't care what your political belief systems are. Like what, what you're coming with, our job is to just serve you and show you an awesome experience and, and really be your guide. Like this isn't the Ritz Carlton. This is, we have been somewhere and we have experienced something and, and we want to offer that to you. And, and our intention is that some of the things we've learned will benefit you. And we just kind of keep trying with our different strategies to, to, to have a real um, positive benefit on people's health and wellness. Mm. Do you feel you have developed a character for, for being a teacher or a, a personality or is always the same Hargo being that is? You know, my close friends really make fun of me. Like they're like, this is the fake hard. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I, I take the approach like I do with everything else where it's just be the best teacher that you can be and and just hope for the best and and that's even I, I i love the concept of guru's blessing and and it's just you know guru's blessing meaning like the wahi guru 
you know, like the supreme teacher that 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 overlooks us all. You know, that's where the blessings come through, and and we're just we're just doing our, you know, we're, we're just doing the best we can. And if people like it, they like it, and if they don't like it, they don't like it. Um, so, you know. So let's talk now about the infrastructure. You have, as I understand, three main pieces to your infrastructure right now. One yoga retreat center in Mexico, the oldest one. One yoga retreat center in the Potomac uh, River in West Virginia. And a book, which is kind of part of the infrastructure too, as I understand, because it's it's a way of communicating without your being physically present, right? Correct. Yes. Do you see it like that? It, it's it's definitely. I had a story to tell. That was one intention. You know, I I, I think good stories have got to get told, and some people might criticize you for your story and not agree with your conclusions, but but ultimately my intention with my story is to, to be of service, to be helpful, tell some jokes, and, and hopefully it's entertaining and gonna be worth, you know, your 20 bucks, um, you know, or buy the ebook and save your money. But um, but that's the that's that was one. The second objective is uh, is I really feel like this process that that I'm using is so helpful for people's lives. I, I really do. I, I think that this idea of waking up in the morning and dharmifying and, and really prioritize, like tuning in, into yourself, which I call soul, and then looking at your karma, which I call step two, your history, what things are affecting you, and also your karma being your future. Looking at those two things as the start and then crafting a dharma for the day Dharma, I just think of as the right choice. And then step number four is creating high vision for the day. So if you're going to get a 10 out of a 10, super dope, awesome day, what do you got to, like, what does that even look like? And then step number, step number five, I, I, I call chop wood, carry water, which is really the tasks that you've got to do in the day to make your Dharma real and to, and to, and to hit your vision. And then step number six is napkin financials, where you look at what actual dollar investments that you can make into making your dharma real. Because if you invest in the things that are most important, you're most likely to get the things that are most important. And then the last step is Guru's blessing, just like what I was talking before. And usually how I do it is I make a list of like, who are the people that I can have a positive impact on today? And, and how can I be part of that universal blessing that we're all a part of where where you know yeah lots of people are suffering and struggling and and and, and life is brutal that that that's the reality but but we still do have some power to have a positive impact on 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 the world and and the people around us and the animals and the planet and 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 really the full the full thing that we're that we're living in do you include in the book part of like your story as a like your biography, your businesses, your yoga, oh, yoga yeah. retreat centers? You do? Oh yeah. That's so, what gives it the character, man. 
as you said, the, the that, exactly that's what I'm asking you about the character because I think I used to think the character in a negative way before, and now I understand it's a positive thing. We are all characters. We are all the language you speak, the way you dress, the things you say. It's just a matter of assuming it and building it with conscience. Um, so I I, th I don't think it's a negative thing. I just wonder if you had, a, a, if you were aware of it, if you 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 consciously thought about it, or it just happened. You know the um, in negotiation, there's this great book by Chris Voss called Never Split the Difference, and one of the tools that uh, techniques that he teaches in the book is called labeling. And that when you label things, like if we're chatting and I label something that you say, you feel understood and it puts you at ease. And I think the same thing about a character is that like, sometimes you have to, you have to assume the character so that other people feel, understand what you're talking about. And, and it's, it's that you, you, you develop who you are, and especially if you want to be of service to people, that, that it's, it makes it easier to be understood. <clears throat> and, and, and I think it's almost essential if you're, an, you know, whenever you feel like an outsider, um, you know, to, to, to really uh, consciously assume an identity. And, and one of the biggest ones that was helpful for me that might be helpful for other people is I assumed the identity of a contributor and that when I go into a group of strangers, I want to be someone who contributes to the group. And there's very specific ways to do that. And, and it really always put me at ease after that in going into groups. And, and, and when I could assume that, that identity, it gave me an instant role to play. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe that's helpful. Do you do you you call your book Dharmify? Um, yeah. It's a word that you made up with the word Dharma. Yeah. The other day, my father asked me, "What is Dharma?" And I went in a long explanation because I think it's hard to define. But you probably have a more clear answer. What would you say is Dharma? I call it the right choice. And, and where I deviate from the religions is, I, I think you've got to figure out the right choice. And if you want to follow a religion or you want to follow the Hindu Dharma or the Sikh Dharma or the Buddha Dharma or the Yoga Dharma, that, 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 that's got to be your choice. And, and I, I don't promote a Dharma. I don't. Like, I, I, I've made a very conscientious choice that I'm not promoting a dharma like I'm not saying my ways are the right ways what what I'm saying with dharmify is this is my formula to figure out my right choice I consider myself a follower of the Sikh dharma I do and 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 I I I appreciate that and I'm not I'm not your best Sikh and I'm not I'm not uh you know you guys you know anyone can criticize me all day um But but uh, but I, I definitely appreciate it, and I definitely like it. Um, but the um, but ultimately, I, I think what's powerful with Dharmify is it really puts you in control, and and it, it really helps you in, get in touch with your soul and karma, 
so so that you can come to your right choices however you get there and and, and even in my book I, I, I like you, you'll read it I, I'm very clearly not promoting I'm not promoting what your choice should be I'm promoting a formula that I think will help you clarify an awesome choice for yourself whatever it is and, and and it can be as simple as like should we go to McDonald's or should we go to Taco Bell and then you can be like oh let me darn buy it <laughs> <laughs> all right um what you you said earlier that what you sell is uh, well-being and health Uh, and, and as you're saying about the, the choice and it's an individual choice and it's an, it's an individual's task to figure out that choice. Uh, it's something, it's, it's very focused into, into the, the single person, into the conscience. And the same, this well-being and this health is not something you can like spread to the, to the, to, to the abstract numbers of big abstract groups it's something that it has to be personalized has to be uh, very very individualized very very specific you know what i mean and and i think that if this this emphasis in you say emphasis in english mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. this emphasis in the in the um, individual Well, it's obviously very helpful in these times where a lot of big structures are shaking. A lot of things that were shared, that were the 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 anchors of order in the world, are crumbling. Did do you think about it? Have you encountered this with the people you work with, with the host of your retreat centers, people who have some anxiety about? their references um the yes absolutely i mean there the, the, there's so much upheaval right now but the thing is though igor i mean when in history has there not been upheaval like i i i think we have to stop talking about this as unique this is how it has always been migration immigration war famine, uh, you know, societal unrest, you know, racial, you know, racial discrimination. This, this is normal. Like what is, what is abnormal, to be honest, is the level of peace and prosperity that actually exists on the planet. Mm. This is the most peaceful time in the, in the history of the humans. So, so I, I think a historical perspective on it is, is important that, that yeah there are all these calamities happening and that's so true and it's it's also you know huge sections of of society and the population uh, it's business as usual so i i think there has to be space in the discourse for the multi levels of reality that 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 we're all living in and um and and not to discredit the the people that are suffering And, and and certainly not to overemphasize, you know, the people that are that are that are really uh, prospering and 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 succeeding. I, I I just think to get a realer picture of the world, um, I, I just I just try to be observant of of as much as I can of of what's going on, and and, and that's my that's my view. It's it's interesting what you say, and and I think I agree. In a way, it's the fact that there is so much peace 
and stability and prosperity that allows the the conscience of so many people to start worrying about all the things that we we hear right now all the changes in conscience <laughs> exactly man. exactly mm. like i mean even coronavirus man i mean uh, no disrespect you know no disrespect to the people that are suffering from it but but of all the bad things that could happen that isn't in my top five of what i'm afraid of like like things could get so much worse mm -hmm. and 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 I, I, at least for me some level of perspective on that um i i think has really been helpful for me uh you know because because coronavirus is is tough i mean it, it is but you know i i i think once once we're done with coronavirus there'll be something else Yeah, no, especially if you have a grandfather or a grandmother who went to through war, this is this is nothing. Exactly. Um, mm. You know. So how it's been for you these coronavirus years? We're starting the second one, so that's why I say it in plural. I mean, it, uh, business wise, obviously, being in health and wellness and travel and group gathering business, it, it's brutal. You know, like it, it, it absolutely shut us down you know, it caused total ha havoc in, in our, in our businesses. Um, so professionally, you know, very challenging, um, on a spiritual level, you know, I, I think it's so, it's so necessary to get a break and, and, and to tune into reality. And, and so on a lot of levels, I'm, I'm grateful for the pause and, and, and I was, you know, I, I recommitted, you know, so much more time to my health and spend so much time with family and, you know, just really tried to take an optimistic approach to it. Um, and, and, I, and, and so I got, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Hmm. Have you, do you feel that something's going to change after this? Or you think we are just uh, adapt as we always adapt, try, try to go back to how it was before. Do you feel something changing, something deep? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for you. I don't have a good answer for you. Um, I, I, I think again, in some segments of society we're going to go back and be dumber than we were before. And, and in some segments of society, I, I, I think we got a massive wake up call about how important it is, you know, for us to take care of ourselves and, um, And, and, and that slowing down and, and taking a break is, is, is so important. Um, so I, I think, I think it's like anything, bro, you know, you got some people on the left and you got some people on the right. Um, yeah, those right and left things, to change, you know, you don't No, I mean, no, no, there will always be polarity. There'll always mm -hmm. be people on both sides of an, of, of a, you know, of an experience. And what's your next project? Have you consolidated, you've consolidated or are about to consolidate your, this project in West Virginia? What do you think you'll do I'm next? I'm subdividing land. So if you've got any, any, any buyers that need a little, uh, a little cabin in the woods in beautiful West Virginia, uh, I'm, I'm subdividing some land off and going to make that available to the public in, in about the next month. Um, I'm really trying to focus on my book 
cultivate these projects really well and, and chill out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really working on my yoga practice. I'm working on my arm balancing. Uh, I'm really working on my physical body, trying to take really good care of myself. I, I, I want to work less. Um, I, I want to do cool stuff and, and do good stuff. So I, um, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to say no to the stuff that's not important, but you know how life is. You think it's part of maturity, it's learning to say no? Oh, 100%, man. <laughs> I think I, yeah, that's a new argument I've never seen. I haven't seen yet. So that's probably also the fact that you moved to West Virginia a few a couple of years ago and you've been living in this very rural environment, right? It's, bad. it's, it's, it's amazing, bro. Yeah? Uh, the How only thing better, well, I don't know, it's a toss-up. Puerto, Puerto Morelos. Casa Home is, is pretty amazing too. But so I've been going back and forth. It's a good, I got a good gig. How is West Virginia? How is West Virginia? Yeah, how is it been for you? Did you, you, you didn't knew it. You, you choose it for the strategic location. I, I guess, did, no? strategic. No. I, I found it on Zillow, followed the river on the map, and I was like, rock and roll, baby. Let's go. Uh, West Virginians are super nice people in general. They, they really, they really are, you know, you've got a more rural American society, um, obviously politically they lean, you know, right. And, and I, I generally lean left. Um, but you, you know, it's, people are into, they're into nature. They're into getting outside. They're into farming. They're into hunting. They're into fishing. They're into family. They're into God. They're into Jesus, you know, It, it, it's they got their thing and 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 i think you know we can all take the position of the people that are different than me are are not as good or or we can take the position of like these people have their culture and they have their belief system and and if you sit around long enough there's a pretty good reason why and and the reason why is because there's some beautiful elements to it and and so really as an outsider I, I feel, you know, I feel blessed to, to, to get that insight and, and, and I got, I got respect for it. Um, so I, I, I dig it, man. I dig it. It's funny. You just said it again. And I was thinking about it. You are an outsider again. If you have, if you would have taken your yoga retreat center, because in Casa Home, in Puerto Morelos, in Mexico, well, there's this yoga scene, or you could be in Los Angeles or maybe even in, In Washington, D.C., there is more of that. But in West Virginia, you are an outsider again. I mean, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> well, it's, it's your path. It's my path, bro. All right, Hargo Bin Singh, thank you. Thank you very much for this conversation. Yeah, bro. Mm. It was a pleasure to hear you, to hear your story. And I hope this year gives us some time together. Let's see if this world allowed some travels. Let's do it, man. Let's yeah. do it. And Darmify will be out there soon. So very, very good luck. May second. May second. It'll be it'll be you can get your copy. May second. On online? Online and also you could order on Amazon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good luck. Thanks, my brother. Mm -hmm.